Welcome to the Pool House Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Pool House Podcast. I am your host, Jake, and I'm here with my co-host, Andy. How are we doing, Andy? I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. Today I'm coming from my spare bedroom as opposed to the studio. No reason, really, except for didn't fancy going in today. Do you know what? I was going to actually say it sounds like you're in a different room. <laughs> I wasn't actually going to say that. No, no idea at all. It's release week for you. What you've been doing to gear up for release? Yes, it is. So this is, uh, yeah, so today is the release of my fourth single, So Beautiful. So basically this week, I've been messing around trying to create a bit of content around it. Made a few ads, a few different posts and just, yeah, I guess the, the age old thing of trying to let as many people know as possible. It seems like so long ago that you upload these tracks. I think I uploaded it four or five weeks ago and all of a sudden it's it's upon me and it's out. So it kind of like the hard work starts again now. So yeah, my week's been based around that really. Um, how about yourself? I've been doing a lot of boring stuff like bouncing out stems this week, which anyone who has done that before knows how painful and long-winded it can be because it's sort of a task that you do and then you try to do something else at the same time because you're like, oh, I can manage that and then you end up messing it up and then you have to do it twice. You know, it's just one of those things. It's got to be done properly, but it always takes way longer than you think. Um, but yeah, anyway. Death by stems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, other than that, I've been setting up the ads that you've made yes. and hopefully they'll do well because I sort of found a new way of doing it. Maybe we'll go into that on another episode, but yeah, if so yeah, if they if they do do well, yeah, definitely. if they Let's, work, uh, yeah, I'm not, not going to shout about it if they don't. But um. <laughs> hey, does anyone want to try this way of promoting their songs that doesn't work? <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I'm going away next week, so it's sort of been a week of rounding things off and making sure people have what they need for the time that I'm away. Where are you going? I'm going to Egypt. What? Yeah kept that quiet didn't you going to egypt on monday what just like holiday yeah well technically it's part one of our honeymoon so we're still milking it because we plan to go to part the west coast of america part one. next Jesus, year here we, here we I go know. i know i know it's just a week in the sun all inclusive sounds so, delicious um yeah. how many parts to this honeymoon are there just out of curiosity <laughs> uh are you, are you deciding how many parts there are? or It depends if you include the first one, which happened before our wedding because or our marriage, because it was supposed to be the honeymoon after the original wedding, but that didn't happen, but we went on the holiday anyway. So, so yeah, maybe this is part two, and then we've got part three next year. Beautiful. What a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you, I guess you're not going to be coming live and direct from Egypt next week, but... Fair enough. I mean, actually, that's a shout. We could do that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure Jesse's going to love that. Uh, excuse me, whilst we're on holiday, just need to talk to Andy for an hour, if that's all right. As long as she's by the pool with a cocktail, she'll be fine. Okay, so there's potential for pool house by the pool in Egypt. I feel like even, even if it's not a full-blown episode, we should maybe do a 10-minute 10 10 minute one just for lols. Yeah, man. Do you know what I thought you were going to say then? What? Even if I don't do it by the pool, should we pretend that I did do it by the pool? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to put like sound effects in the background of Egypt and stuff? 
Right. Wow. Anyway. Should we get into it? Let's dive into it. So, yeah, this week I wanted to talk about broadly sounds. And I've got a few things written down here. It's it's finding sound, using sound as inspiration, and choosing sounds. Partly inspired by your walkthrough video of Fallen that you posted on YouTube recently. Basically, just wanted to talk about that very first sort of inception of an idea. The way that it normally happens for myself is I'll be sound searching for like a while or trying to create something or noodling on a guitar until something happens that sort of pricks my ear up or I feel like that sounds great. It can, it can be from anything, a guitar riff. And that for me, that can inspire and almost dictate the rest of the song, the track, the project. I can just imagine so much from that. So at the start of your tracks, are you sound searching? Are you noodling about? Where does that initial sort of spark start for you? Pretty much always I start with chords, but it's kind of the same thing. I'm trying to find the chords that sum up the emotion that I'm visually trying to recreate. And then it's very simple from there. I sort of literally put it in in MIDI or lay the guitar down. And next will probably be a pad or... Yeah, I'll just... There'll be something from those chords that will tell me this needs this first instrument around that particular sound or it needs a beat very immediately. I can hear the beat. I kind of... With me, I'm not necessarily searching... I'm just kind of just following the journey. So with that that first initial idea, does it matter that like the sound of that? So like for example, if it's a guitar, are you are you using a distorted guitar, using a clean guitar? If it's chords, are you using just like a stock piano sound or are you using a slightly more interesting sound? Like where does That's a good point. Uh yeah, no, normally there will be something attached to it. Um, like on the songs that I've released so far, I got quite into like chorusy guitar. So that then gave me a sense of the kinds of chords to play, mm-hmm. which then sort of sent me down the path of being like, okay, I want to add a shimmer to this as well, like a reverb shimmer. And then after that, it's like if it's obviously like a percussive guitar part for example i will find the kick and snare pattern that matches that and then from then on it's just i'll have a hopefully a loop that is some sort of emotion which i'll then just right that loop will just keep going you know you get to drums it's it's the same thing it's what you're looking for in the drum sound you know is it a clap on the snare is it a trappy snare is it a lindrum is it a thud you know is the kick punchy is it soft is it weighty and you're making all these decisions purely based on the cause that you've chosen at the start like the feeling that that you're wanting to put across i think it's a couple of things it's so when i listen to music i think like most people you're looking for inspiration so it may be uh whatever i'm listening to at the minute has like these kind of drums so whatever the next song is i feel is pulling from that i'll try and use those sounds as inspiration for the next so it's i guess it's like a collision of your natural ideas versus your inspiration that you've searched for 
It's like those two colliding, which I think is what makes up ultimately where your songs end up. I think we're probably quite different in the way that I probably overthink about what I'm trying to do before getting there. And I underthink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. But I, I overthink in the way that I can almost hear how I want it to be in the end, but I, yeah, I don't know how to get there necessarily without completely ripping someone off because I still want to make something my own, but I'll often hear a song and hear like, oh, those chords make me feel like this and these are the kind of lyrics I want to write for my next song. Those kind of chords would go really well with what I'm trying to do and the same thing with tempo. Yeah, all those kinds of things. So I guess I'm quite particular before i even get started which probably holds me back a little bit so are you are you on the hunt you constantly just hear a song on the radio hear a song in a on spotify or something like that and if you hear something you like it gets banked for the next time that you're sort of sitting down to write yeah i have i have playlists basically like dedicated to if i've got a sort of idea anytime i hear a song i'll just like put that song amongst those songs it might not actually end up like any of those songs but something from it will stick out to me whether it's a vocal sound whether it's the 808 sound or it's you know the the sampling whatever it is i get those moments where just stick out to me i'm like this is instantly what i've been looking for bank it so you're almost you're (laughs) almost creating a um an inspiration library in your head yeah I know you're putting the song into a playlist, so it's like physical as well, but I feel like you, you fill up your subconscious with, with inspiration ideas that then the next time you sit down, you sort of, you just pull at those, really, which is quite cool. Yeah. And one, one thing I've noticed, though, is those moments where you feel like that don't last very long. Sometimes you'll hear a song and it, it spoke to you in a certain way and then you hear it again and it's like, what was I even hearing? Like, unless it's like a very obvious thing where it's like tempo and it's just like a four to the floor with an acoustic guitar or it's like a very obvious overall sonic concept. Um, It can be literally like little lyrics, a phrase here and there, and I'm like, oh, that's a way of saying that which really speaks to me of how I would like to deliver the message. Yeah, You know, I think part of the reason for that is I've spent years being a producer for other people. So I think when I'm writing my own music, I find it hard not to produce my music before it's even written. Yeah. Whereas with you, you've always been a songwriter first. So you're like ideas, ideas, ideas. It's it's more the correct way, in my opinion. You're, you're, You're being a more authentic version of creativity just trying to harness it into something then you find it you find the the pad sound or the drone or the chop and that then informs where it goes yeah so yeah i'm guessing no no totally <laughs> yeah so for me like to sit down at a an empty project I, I will spend half an hour an hour uh going through different preset sounds and different plugins or i and i will sometimes start with chords i will because um but i'll nine times out of ten play them on like on the keyboard because that isn't an instrument that i can play very well so i always like to start on something that i can't really play because i'm what i'm 
searching for is like is beautiful mistakes i'm putting distortions after reverbs i'm gating arpeggiators i'm trying to do everything wrong as wrong as i can at the start to find something that is like yeah i, I would have never have thought of that if i hadn't just have done this wrong and, and yeah i sometimes start with chords and i'm like i don't even know what that chord is but it sounds great and it gives me this vibe and then from there yeah like i've said previously the kitchen sink goes at it and i'll probably end up with i don't know a 16 bar loop and then from there i can very quickly and it has to be quickly for me because i do lose i do run out i almost feel like i run out of <laughs> run out of like fuel sort of thing i can normally pick out intro drop or if it's a native song verse chorus uh, bridge parts like very very quickly get the the sense of the vibe of the song and then it's just then i go from that sort of creation like that onslaught of creation of sounds chords and bits and pieces i then very quickly go into structure and then sort of pull it all apart and get it into something that resembles a song and then from there after that point that's where i seem to sit for ages and i'm just listening and listening and listening and, and just then trying to work out what is next that's when i slow down and then when i get to that point sometimes and i've been listening to it the same 16 bar structure or whatever it is for a certain amount of time that's when i just have to switch it off and i just have to come back another time i'm straight out the blocks like you saying about out the blocks but then i'm like a slow runner <laughs> in that second bit so <laughs> i think everyone has a sort of limit to the amount of time they can actively be creative I wish we were able to actually know it ourselves because mm. you have a sweet spot when you're actually in flow state. You know, there is science on it where you're like uninterrupted and you're just going, going, going. You're just not thinking about anything else. It's kind of like meditation. But then you get to a point where you are just listening and listening and listening and you're not actually doing anything. That happens to everyone. You know, that, that happens when you should turn it off and go to something else because yeah it's almost like your brain's just run its course and it can't digest any more of what you've given it that's the moment to step away the sooner you can work out when that is like the more productive <laughs> yeah. you, you become i'm really bad for it like you know what's hard is like especially when you're working on something new is you get the the endorphins you get the excitement of this is great this is cool so there's satisfaction in playing it over and over again but you're not actually doing anything. Yeah, um, you're not getting anywhere, are you? No. You know, we're talking about situations where we're working on our own. Like, we have done lots of work together, and it's a bit easier to be like, this isn't going anywhere, because you're, you've got some sort of barometer for, like, what's happening in the room. But when you're just there with headphones, yeah, the hours disappear, and you're like, what have I actually done for the last two hours? But... Yeah, that's that's creativity. It's a it's a weird beast. It's it comes in waves. You know, I I don't know whether it's through societal like being, you know, the nine to five or whatever it is. But I find it very hard to step away during the day because it's like you should be working hours. <laughs> you know, yeah, when yeah, when yeah, actually it would be way better just to remove yourself for half an hour clear your head come back would be way more productive but i am absolutely the worst for this i'm talking trying to talk myself into doing this but i never do yeah um, no you're totally right and i think that's that would be something worth 
practicing almost like yeah did try getting like one of these timers on your computer that go off um yeah but it only works if, if you actually use it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> only works if it actually times you yeah i was just gonna say it's just for us i think it's very unpracticed isn't it i think from like the early days of writing that like we would write in a practice room and it you'd only have a certain amount of time so it would be and you'd be, you'd be playing and playing you'd have to remember it as well you weren't recording it at the time so it was write it write it write it change this but do this but do this bit and then you'd be thinking about it till the next practice then do it again and then literally remembering it until you got to recording it so now in this sort of digital uh phase of our of our writing and production you kind of do the same but you don't need to because it's there it just comes from what we were before now we don't have to work at it work at it work at it work at it because it is just it's, it's recorded as we go almost so you yeah. can you can step away you can make informed decisions but like i say yeah i think we're just out of practice of that but even in that environment you're in a room or with four or five people who can give you instant feedback yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and also having the time pressure can be a very good thing you know I'm, I'm sure lots of people listening if they are listening hello are you listening <laughs> um now i'm sure if anyone listening has felt that it will be during lockdown you know working from home it's not a rush to start like you you might get to your desk but you kind of ease into it and you're like oh I'll just do this you know because i've got the rest of the day and i'm not going anywhere but the minute that you actually have to be in and out of somewhere, it puts pressure on. So I've also got used to that and I sometimes find myself struggling to get going. You do all the easy things first and then they end up taking longer than you want and before you know it's lunchtime and, you know. But yeah, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But um, I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> what is oh, this? You've, you've totally messed up my episode, Jake, if I'm honest with you. I don't know where we are now. Uh, <laughs> one thing uh, i did want to move on to i will hopefully to bring some value to a few people it's something that i've only sort of realized and, and learned recently once you've got past that stage that we were talking about uh, a minute ago in terms of the creating and finding inspiration then building out your tracks and the choosing of sounds so previously i would be layering just bass on top of bass on top of bass or synth on top of synth on top of synth and it'd just be it would just be an absolute mess and um what i've realized recently is get better at choosing your sounds so we've done the stage where we throw the kitchen sink at it now we're at a stage where we're sort of finessing it and at this stage i would be like attached to sounds and i would try and add to them to make them better and what i've realized now is that it's just choose sounds that sound good and work so I spend a lot of time now deciding, like, does that work? Rather than basically trying to mask it in the mix, if that makes sense. Because that also helps you in the mix later on. I don't know if you have that stage in your in your production, in your recording, or um, or even in your writing. But I think that's been a big breakthrough for me, is just finding and choosing the right sound. And does it need it? Does it not need it? That sort of question. Can I ask what made you start doing that was it someone was it a video you watched was it someone you well yeah no good question it was actually when i got to the point of mixing my own stuff 
mixing and knowing that I was going to release it. And I've made it so difficult for myself to mix these tracks because there were so many different things masking everything else that I think, yeah, watch YouTube videos and bits and pieces and then interviews here and there where it's like, like less is more. And I always fought against less is more. Like, I mean, obviously from the natives days, those projects are unbelievably ridiculous. How you mix them, I still don't know. <laughs> but I always fought against less is more because I was like, no, more is more. Like, let's go. Let's make this sound fat. But then going into me mixing my own stuff, it's like less is more. Fat comes from less, which is like so weird. And then you also got to understand like your big, as in big sound, might be different to how I perceive big and big sound. So it came from that the stage of mixing and understanding what I think I'm not I'm not saying this very well at all but understanding my perception of sound if that makes sense so like I'm like I want this to sound big it's like I tried to mix it make it sound big but actually what made sound big was having less things there I think what you're saying is you realize by taking things out gave space in the mix which then means when it gets mastered there's room for it to hit harder also it means that when you're cranking it up you know whatever you're listening through there is life in it because it's not just a big mush wall of sound so exactly and i think anyone starting out in their journey in in mixing or production or songwriting i think it'll make it so much easier for you if you just pick the right sounds and don't over complicate things you're absolutely right I think sometimes when I've dealt with a production, say it's natives or whatever, you know, I've been given a production and it isn't the finished article. With that example, the sounds hadn't been selected to the best of their ability. It was still in an early stage, which is why I think it took us so long to finish any song because it would be like stage one, which was pure demo. Stage two, which was like essentially making it work as a song and then it would be well it doesn't actually sound good yet the ideas there like all the melodic and percussive tracks are correct the melody is correct but it doesn't sound finished so in that instance i actually did a lot of layering but i wouldn't layer it with different things it would be like sounds on top of sounds. I'd have this sound which was missing something. So then I'd find the other sound to complement and I might then completely take out the low end of the other to just only use that sound for the sparkle. And I think, to be honest, my production style is more that. Like, I will layer things, but I will try and take away the bit of the sound which is just not needed. But I, I like the idea of using multiple sounds for one sound because it then makes an original sound. Um, Yeah. Yeah, totally. But it has to sound like one sound. Music theory almost comes into it slightly now for me in the, in the, in the choosing of sounds because some things sound really bad in a, in a lower register compared to a higher register. So, and I don't fully understand this and I'm, I'm no virtuoso, but like, Understanding your the key of your song and what can work and what can't in a way as well has been a big thing for me. I'm like that's just that the bass is just too low in that in that key, for example. If I wanted this low bass, it's just too low. Or 
find another sound that works in that so i've started bringing little bits like that into the sort of production realm as well which which i think is yeah for value for anyone else would be a good idea for people to also do as well because at the end of the day you just make the end bit easier you just make the mix easier if you yeah evaluate all these things on the way to the mix by the time you sit down to mix it'll probably sound okay yeah well i think that's you evolving as a producer like you know when you first started it was just really exciting this sounds different oh i haven't used this sound before now you're actually producing basically before you were just creating we all call ourselves producers and that's because many of us are creative and we can all use different sounds and create sonic ideas. But in the true sense of the word of what it used to mean would actually make sure that the sound of it before it goes to mix would be in a good position in an, yeah. a position that is easy for the mixer to then elevate, not fix. Yeah. 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 From then on, the mastering engineer can do the perfect job of elevating it again because the mix engineer has leveled it up and created this platform for the next stage, which is mastering. Nowadays, it all gets so... You've got to wear all the hats. It gets hard because when you're writing, you're doing production. When you're doing production, you're writing and you're mixing. And lots of people work with the master on as well. So, you know... (laughs) you're kind of doing it all at the same time. So what you're saying is if you can make those informed decisions early on, you're essentially actually doing all those things at the same time. So that when someone else gets their hands on it, be it the mastering engineer or just the listener, um, (laughs) it ends up where you intended. Um, But yeah, I mean, I could definitely get better at that stuff. Um, I guess it's just I find it hard to be thinking of that whilst I'm trying to <laughs> write yeah, a melody yeah. and a vocal. And it, it, it's, it's which you prioritise, which is why I think I said to you before, I try my hardest just to focus on the top line and the initial vibe and not get too into production. So then when I want to elevate it, whether it's, oh, actually, this is a bit slow, I need to speed it up, I haven't, like, made the final version. Um, yeah which has happened a couple of times recently. I've done full productions with people and they're like, I think this is maybe a bit too slow. Can we go one BPM or two BPM faster? And that does make the difference. It does energy wise. And, And it will continue to happen because sometimes you're just so in the moment and you're so enthralled and just immersed in the experience of the songwriting and the production and you're hyped off it. But then you get to a, a point at the end when you're actually judging it for how listeners will hear it you realize oh maybe this is missing something shit <laughs> this is missing something we need to just do that final bit which it's just to make sure it translates how the writer actually heard it in their head for the first time at the end is that actually correct or do you still have like a bias to what was in your head i think that's that's where that comes from Lastly, I know this has been a very techy episode, it seems like, (laughs) but just um, how do you deal with when you start your track and you're basically getting attached to sounds, but for the sake of the track, that sound has to go. 
how would you approach that? Because it happens to me all the time. I'm like, I leave this section or this this melody or this sound in there and I'm like, yeah, that's amazing. But then it's just a, such a roadblock to move the song any further for, for whatever reason. And then letting go of it is the hardest thing ever. But once you do it, you finish the track. I just wondered if you have that in what you do and do you find it easy just to throw away parts or do you persevere or where do you go when that happens? It's a real difficult one because it's like sometimes that sound that you're holding on to is what got you to where you are. So you feel like that sound is the essence of the song. So you can't imagine the song without it. So there's two things. Sometimes I will keep it there, but I'll bury it. So it's just like a, it just ticks a box in my brain knowing it's still there. And then maybe right at the end, it can go. Or you have to ultimately get to a point where it's just like you've tried everything. The only thing you haven't tried is taking that out. And that can be, you know, say you've recorded in chords again. We're talking about chords. It's often where it starts for me. You're sort of held to ransom with those chords because you write a melody to it. So you feel like that's the whole song. But sometimes when you step away and you bring it back to just chords and melody... And this has happened many times. And you just bring it back to the lyrics, the melody and the chords and play it for finding the emotion. You realise, oh, it would be better if I went to that chord and it would be better if I went to that chord there on that word. And then when you put it back, now it makes sense. Now a whole load of doors have opened. But it is normally the last thing to try because, you know, think about it. That essence of what that was... Without that, that song wouldn't exist. So rationally, why would you take it out until you feel like I've got no other option here? Actually, I remember speaking to you. At one point, you were just like, if I'm not getting anywhere, I will just delete it and start again. And and it was almost like a conscious thing you started to do before you used to hold on to everything. What made you be like, actually, that's beneficial for me? It's that kind of what you called it earlier but that precious flow state time if you know what i mean the way i think and view sort of my creativity now is that touch wood it will always be there and it will always happen so that sound may have got me to where i am now but if it's getting me no further i'm quite willing now to just remove it and something else will come i'm not worried about like if something's holding me back i would have previously Try to make it work, 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 try to make it work to the point of just almost insanity. But I just don't feel I need to do that anymore. I'm quite happy that there's more ideas on the way. Yeah, I think that comes with you exercising the muscle and being confident in your ability to know that it will come. You know, maybe in the earlier days, you're even more worried that it won't come. I know we all have a fear of, you know, the last great thing you do, you worry our where's it going to come from again and sometimes it can take a while but the more you do it the more that feeling you're ultimately just you know you're just searching until you get that feeling without the experience maybe you're you're working without the confidence that it's going to be sent down to you you know (laughs) on a spiritual level like people swear you know songs just arrive and you know, I believe that to a certain extent, but you've, 
you've got to be actively searching for it. And I think that's your way of searching for it is just ideas, push it to where it feels natural. And then if it starts becoming a bit too difficult, delete, go again, start again until because basically, you know, when you're chasing the right thing is what you're saying. Ultimately, there's an intuition telling you, you know, if this idea has legs. Yeah, 100%. With me, I feel like because my role is production for others first and artists second, I feel like I don't allow myself enough time to do that. So maybe I'm still like where you were a few years ago. Like I find it harder to let go of something However, I do still have loads of projects which will probably never be used. And I do open them every now and then. I go, that's shit, and eventually I'll delete it. <laughs> but yeah. I think it's because I'm exercising that muscle less. When I set aside time to work on my own thing, I'm putting more pressure on it because I'm not doing it as much. Whereas your situation is you're always kind of writing for yourself. So maybe in turn, that means you can care less in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you sort of summed it up quite well. It's totally a confidence thing. And it's not something that I have in abundance or that I had previously. But at this moment in time, yeah, it's confidence that if it doesn't feel right, it's not right, start again. And that's not necessarily the best way to be, but it works for me. So it may work for other people. And for me, I know when it's working and then I, I just try to follow that as much as I can in in 2021. Yeah, and, and I think for anyone listening, you know, we have these conversations and we're not trying to impose our advice or wisdom. We're just talking through our experiences to try and understand them. So maybe we can learn from each other. We keep saying, you know, we are slightly different, but in terms of where our solo projects are, they're right on par. So if you're just starting out or you're thinking of starting out or has a friend who's thinking of starting out, maybe this is a podcast they can listen to and just hear people sort of bumble their way through trying and making mistakes because ultimately that's what we're doing. You know, we're not multimillionaires of what we do, but we're passionate and I know there's people out there, you know, friends who are trying to work their way through being a solo artist or part of a duo in this state of the music industry where you have to literally know everything, whether it's marketing, production, songwriting, singing, mics, engineering. And we'll try and go into all these different things and cover some mental health side of things as well because ultimately those are all the things we're trying to work out for ourselves so sometimes it will seem like a ramble and we're just we don't know where we're going with each episode but yeah maybe there's comfort in you hearing people (laughs) trying to meander their way through so did you say you have got a track of the week yeah so i do have a track of the week but it's slightly different this week because Really, it's album of the week, but I'm going to pick a song from the album. Slightly bending the rules there, but... I know, I know. I'll let Um, you off. But yeah, I wanted to shout out this album because, yeah, I've just been listening to it a lot over the last few weeks since it's been out. The album is 22 Break by Oh Wonder. It's just a great album. It's very raw, very honest, and I think it's their best work. I hope Anne and Josie 
get as much attention from this album as it deserves. I have a feeling like it might go under the radar because they've had some quite big songs in the past, but because it's such a brilliant body of work, it's stronger as an 11-track album. I think it's 11 tracks. But yeah, I'm going to cop out and pick the title track, 22 Break, because, yeah, I found it really hard to pick one. But um, hopefully at some stage, you know, it'd be great to get one or both of them on. I haven't spoke to those guys in a long time, probably about four years. You've got to add two years on for COVID. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I've always admired Ant and his drive. He's always been someone... He just sets out doing what he wants to do and he just does it. And it's just, yeah, it's amazing. Like time and time again, he knows how to put out a quality product. They've also just opened a a coffee shop in Peckham during lockdown as well. They're just these amazing people who know how to, they just have good taste, I guess. They know how to curate their own ideas. I mean, if they had a podcast, you'd probably do better listening to that than this (laughs) by the sounds of it. For those of you that don't know, I met Ant back in the day during uh, sort of first band days and uh, our bands used to play in the local scene in High Wycombe, Aylesbury, around those parts and Bucks. And uh, yeah, it's just great to see how far he's gone. And this album just, well, it's very raw and it's very brave of them to sing about. I actually listened to it twice yesterday. And it's it's kind of like the sweet spot of an album where it's only like, I think it's like 32 two minutes or something so it's not too long but yeah there's some great production stuff in there but yeah this is 22 break so yeah i'm gonna be in egypt next week uh we might try and do a 10 minute thing if my wife allows me um (laughs) but if we don't get around (laughs) in my head then i thought that was you slanging up (laughs) wi-fi if my wife allows it i was like okay i don't think we've ever said that before he wants to say it on the podcast so let him say it I might start using that. What's your wife password? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, Um, I get it now. You mean Jesse? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, my actual wife. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, thanks for listening. As always, um, find us on Instagram at Pool House with two zeros for the O's. And you can find Andy at... At 1816. You can find me at Vincent X George. This has been the Paul House podcast. Please enjoy your weekend. I hope this has been helpful for some of you. If it hasn't, oh well, hope you had a laugh at us bumbling around. But uh, <laughs> we're going to start doing interviews soon. We're just easing our way into them. We're going to love you and leave you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Peace and love. See you, mate. See Bye. ya. Bye.